Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Believe in LA Football Podcast. Touchdown, Rams! Touchdown, UCLA! Recovered by the Chargers. The Trojans back in front. With your hosts, the coach and the Don. Part of the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network. What's up, delegates, and welcome back to the Believe in LA Football Podcast with your host, the coach and the Don. Coach, what's going on? Not too much. Not too much. How are things going on your end? They're good. You you threw me off there. You didn't do your normal sign-on. You you didn't ask me how I'm doing. You asked me what was up. Okay, fair enough. What are you up to? You threw me off. Don't okay. don't blame this on me. <laughs> I would never blame you. I was just saying I was a little thrown <laughs> off. But um, that's how you know we do this show just live. It's in in the cusp. There's no uh, there's no script or anything. But uh, but yeah, welcome back to the Believe in LA Football Podcast. Now that I'm getting into the script, brought to you by the Believe podcast network the number one network for professionals and also by sportseldente.com you know it well your recipe for la sports got a lot of good coverage right now with la football especially with the football season coming up ucla usc the rams the chargers which is what we are going to get to on the show today you know we're wrapping up we talked last week are we calling it week two are we officially Calling it week two of preseason? Yeah, we're, we're setting the trend. This was week two. Okay, week two. I agree. So week two of preseason, uh, Rams down in Hawaii with the Cowboys, and the Chargers hosted the Saints in Carson, California. You know, we kind of briefly talked pre-show. We wanted to keep a lot of it organic just so we could really give our thoughts, but neither team really showing us much, kind of just leaving a lot to be imagined and us to kind of assume there's going to be positive going into the season. But I'm going to be honest with you. I don't want to be a pessimistic. I don't think I, I have ever been, and I don't think either of us are. We look positively. But from what we've seen in these two games, not seeing a lot of positives. No. And uh, no Jared Goff again. Uh, so we saw Alan Bortles and Walford. Um, yeah. <sighs> The Rams, particularly, in my opinion, have a lot less to be excited about. Uh, we, we spoke last week about their penalties, and again, not not an improvement this week. They had the same troubles with penalties and getting called for, you know, getting a lot of flags thrown on plays that were killed a lot of momentum, and mm-hmm. it, it's tough to see that that, was, that should have been an area of emphasis, and I'm sure it was in practice, but then here we go, week two, second week in a row, it's the same problem. Yeah, it, it, and that's something that doesn't matter what, whether you're first team, second team, third team. Penalties cannot not be happening, especially um, this early in the season, or I guess you should say this early in the season you would expect them, but they should be cleaned up. And, and the fact that they happened so often in week one, and it was a crutch so badly in the week one, and then we see it again against Dallas and, and continual. Uh, you know, you don't want to overreact and worry about these kind of things because it is preseason. We are two weeks in. We still have two weeks of preseason, plus then we really get into the actual games. But coming from a coach like Sean McVay, who has been touted and highly praised, as he should be in his early career, but those are the things that are always worrisome with young coaches are the discipline and stuff like this. And and to see it kind of now, 
is something to kind of scratch your head about. And whether I'm not saying his young age is catching up with him by any means, I think they'll get it corrected. But it is something to at least be addressed and at least talked about. Oh, for sure. And I don't think it is an overreaction. I mean, even if there was eight penalties, ten penalties, you want to see a little bit of improvement, something that you could tell they worked on it. To me, it looks like they didn't even work on it. It wasn't even addressed. Yeah. I mean, 18 penalties? Yeah. That's ridiculous. Jeez. How, how, you know, it's so if, if that number wasn't so large, I, I think I would be like, okay, like at least they, you could tell they did something to try to help. But whatever they did to help, if they did, I'm sure they did, it didn't take hold. It didn't take mm-hmm. effect and it didn't, it didn't work. So they need to go back to the drawing board and figure out what's causing all these penalties and rather it be whatever. Yeah. I don't know. They just need, they need to work on it. They need to get it fixed. Well, and, oh, 18 penalties. That is inexcusable and and something we need to see a change i think i mean did they i'm trying to remember what it was in week one but did they actually increase in penalties from week one to week two i don't remember the exact number from week one but i was saying the same thing their penalties may have actually gone up i don't remember i I remember being a lot but but 18 is a lot of freaking penalties a lot of penalties and if it was more than that that's ridiculous and if it's less than that and it increased yeah that should be a huge huge circle of emphasis and as we go into week three which historically week three is when we actually see the starters which we have yet to see uh with the rams so again don't want to overreact because a lot of this is backups we haven't seen Goff, hasn't seen Gurley, haven't seen the the main starting receiving core um so a lot of these guys that are going to be playing on actual sundays aren't even playing right now but still as a unit as an organization as a cohesive bunch there should be cohesion in how they perform, whether it be not necessarily um, in like points on the board or points they give up, but at least in discipline. No, and according to ESPN, um, in terms of accepted penalties, the Rams committed 12 last week. So they went up from 12 to 18. That's actually a pretty big jump. So 12 in week preseason week one and then 18 in week two. Yes, sir. Damn, six plus that yeah that's not good no yeah they got worse in yeah that and, and, and that was our that was our big part of emphasis on the on the show last week after week one was how many penalties they had and they increased yeah not good not good oh not good at all so i mean did you see you know we i hate starting with negatives because obviously we, we we're positive guys i think we like to look on the positive outlook but did, i mean there it is there's the negative did you see some positives from that game against Dallas? Um, I mean, it's you could probably spin it to a negative, but I, I think it's a positive. I think it's a good problem to have. Um, but the Rams have a really loaded running room. Uh, obviously, Todd Gurley, everybody knows what he brings to the table. You re-sign Malcolm Brown, so he's got a roster spot. Roster spot. You draft Daryl Henderson, who looked better this week um, than he did last week, kind of lackluster last week, but he, he kind of – seem to settle in and, and perform better against the Cowboys. Um, so you, you got to figure those three guys are locked in. And then John Kelly is another guy that, I mean, you could argue deserves a roster spot. He's had a great camp. Um, and then there's a few more guys on the list. I, I, I uh, uh, Davis, he's on, he's one of the guys, mm-hmm. um, Justin Davis. Yep. Yeah. So I think that running back room is really impressive. Now, not all those guys are going to be there. So, I mean, right now it seems to, it, it's a problem, but it's a good problem to have where, you know, it, it's not like you got two guys who are really bad 
who do who who would we rather keep? It's we got two guys who probably deserve to be here. Who who do we really should let go? You know, it's 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 a different mm-hmm. way to approach it. So I think to me, you could spin it as a negative, but I, I look at it as a, as a positive, where you have two really good players to choose from rather than two guys you you have to pick one. Well, let me ask you this: Do do they keep four running backs? Yeah, that's the other thing. I mean, both the last guys that we, you know, John Kelly and, and Justin Davis, neither one of them might make it. Um, and and, I, and with Justin Davis, that'd be five guys. Because, I mean, yeah. obviously Gurley, Malcolm Brown, they just uh, signed his tender, so he's not yeah. going anywhere. Right. So then you have Daryl Henderson who's the rookie. It's, that's three. And so then it's between basically John Kelly and Davis. I mean, do you keep four? Do you keep five? Yeah, that's How many backs if, do they want to keep? They, yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you only want to keep three, then Kelly and Davis are both out the door, which is crazy to think because they're both really talented guys. Um, if you keep four, I'm leaning toward John Kelly. I, I, I'm more, I'm a bigger fan of his. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think personally, and I could be wrong. I, you know, typically every day I, I make most of the wrong choices, but um, I think don't beat yourself with, up. It's okay with, with Gurley's situation. Um, you know, and, and his health moving forward and the workload that we have seen him take on, I think they want to lessen that. Malcolm Brown is a one-year tender. If they bring him back, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be kind of costly next year. Uh, Daryl Henderson is a young guy, so he, you're planning on him being the future. But I think John Kelly has a has a piece of that. I think John Kelly can be a big part of your future. Um, and I think if Malcolm Brown walks next year, I think that's more likely to happen if you keep Kelly. Because now you have Gurley, and then you have Henderson year two, and John Kelly, who's kind of progressed really nicely since he's been a pro. Um, so looking forward to 2020, I think you you probably want to retain Kelly to ease the pain of losing Malcolm Brown more than likely next year. The odd man out is Davis, I think, most definitely. I think Kelly being invested as a draft pick last year and how he has improved so much in this camp, and I think the excitement around him um, – Maybe it's more just in this camp by this camp meaning the Believe in LA Football podcast, the coach and the Don. And we're, I mean, I, I we definitely are promoting this guy because I think we've seen a lot of improvement from year one to year two, and are kind of pounding pounding the table for this guy. But needless to say, I think there's a positive in the running back room for the Rams. So anything else really jump out of you for a fourteen to ten game down in Hawaii? Uh, not offensively, but I mentioned him last week. Darius Williams had another good game. Um, he was in yes. another couple, he, uh, uh, an additional pass breakups. He had a couple more of those. He was in on a couple tackles. Um, I think they have something to Darius Williams, and we, you know, and I said the exact same thing last week. He he made good plays at camp, so I think they see something in him, and I think that that's a name to look out for, especially with you know Akeem Talib and and Marcus Peters. They're their long-term feature with your organization kind of not really known, but then you guys got guys like Darius Williams who, who kind of steps up and you, you, that's a guy that you look at and say, he's going to be a player down the road. Like he's showing flashes. That's going to be a guy that we rely on kind of all of a sudden he's going to be named a starter. Probably not this year, but you know, down the road in a couple of years, it's like, okay, well, yeah, Darius Williams, who's this guy? I kind of, you know, but all of a sudden, mm-hmm. boom, he's one of these guys. that's like a staple of a defense. And, and I kind of see that with Darius Williams. Yeah, 100%. Him, he was a name on defense, and uh, two other or three other names I want to mention. Dakota Allen looked really good. 
Um, thought he played. Yeah. Yep, played really well. Uh, five tackles, uh, one tackle for loss. So he was a you know a ball hawk all around the ball. Um, David Long, draft pick out of Michigan. Um, liked what I saw to him at corner. Um, another guy that has had a really good camp, and I think uh, they're excited about. And you know, we don't want to. It's hard. It's hard to. You don't want to ever dispel guys because you know we're, we want to build up the team and look what they're doing. But but if next year you know Marcus Peters or Keep to Leave is no longer with the team, David Long is a guy they're grooming to be that next starting corner, and and he's not ready now to be the starter, but he's shown really good strides and shown a lot of improvement in camp. And then what he did in the preseason, I think, is a guy that should be excited about because he can be that starter moving forward if need to be. Not necessarily week one in 2019 but week one in 2020 i'd feel pretty good about from what i saw so far um and then the last guy i want to mention is uh netros patrick who uh, i thought had a good game had a really big tackle um showed a lot of tenacity and and a name that has started kind of rising him on the ranks in uh in camp and and among the media and and a guy fans should really kind of look out for so netros patrick another name that i liked yeah yeah, they're uh, kind of how we mentioned the running back room is is kind of loaded. Their defensive back room is loaded too. They have a lot of names to look out for. Yeah, definitely. So Nick Scott, our boy, you know he looked good too. The penalties are an issue, but overall, you know, a fourteen to get fourteen to ten game. It's preseason. I think. Yeah, we're, uh, I, I I almost hate that phrase because it's 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 like a cop out. It's like yeah, we look like shit, but hey, it's just preseason. Like. Well, preach, coach, preach. I'm, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know, pick at it. So go ahead, coach, preach it. No, I, it's just, you know, there's, there's always a positive to be found in anything, and and, mm-hmm. and it's good to be optimistic. It really is. But rather this be preseason or the Super Bowl, man, this is the team you have. Um, and no, it's not a lot of the starters, but these are the guys that might be your future. You're hoping to be your future, or guys that if one of your starters does go down, this guy's going to be in there on game day. And, you know, these guys that we're seeing committed, committing all these penalties and scoring 10 points a game, scoring three points a game, they're one snap away, one play away from, from being thrust into a starting role. So there, there's a little little reason to be, you know, kind of like look at this and think, I, you know, it's, it's not that good. Um, yeah, it's just preseason, but it's not that far from the regular season, especially with some of these young guys who, who are going to be starters at some point down the road. So – Yes, it's just preseason. Take it with a grain of salt. But then again, you know, you want to show improvement. And, rather, and yes, they did score more points than last week. But, you know, we mentioned it with the penalties and, and you know, the you know, kind of and big play situation is not coming through. <sighs> I, I, it makes me a little worried. Yeah. Well, and the, the biggest thing is, is about culture. And mm-hmm. penalties are culture, not starters, not backups, not third stringers penalties are culture so when you when you increase your penalties from one week to another that's definitely a red flag and something that needs to be addressed so we'll see by week three so that'll be the big thing again I mean, we talked about it last week we'll wait for it again next week and uh we'll bring that up again so all right so we're at what 12 you said 16 or 18 this week uh we had 18 this week 12 last week so they're they they increased by six okay, so 12 18 and we'll count for week three so yep all right, well, moving on to the Chargers, um, they actually, sadly, had a lot of penalties, too, which is not known for a 
Um, Anthony Lidd led squad obviously this is his first head coaching job but it's his third year and the chargers are kind of known i mean he's a very disciplined coach so again kind of red flags there but but what do you think of the uh you know playing the saints defending nfc almost champions they were not but um some good things some bad things again starters didn't play a lot so these la teams are not playing a lot of starters but um you know, we saw some guys go out there. Obviously, Eckler, Justin Jackson, um, some of the defensers. Denzel Perriman was playing like the fourth quarter, which I thought was very strange. But you know, any big takeaways from you from that uh, that uh, close loss to the Saints? Um, uh, it's kind of hard to have big takeaways because um, I guess my biggest takeaway, and I hate to say it because I, I feel like a negative Nancy right now, but um, – Easton Stick, as good as he looked, I mean, it's 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 kind of you know we uh, we came back to reality a little bit. The honeymoon seems to be over. Um, he looked great last week. He you know he seemed poised, but this week he just he he, he you could tell he's a rookie. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 that's bound to happen. You're you're gonna have growing pains, but um, you know we were we were so sure last week that after their respective performances. Cardell Jones was on the way out and Easton stick is going to slide in there at QB three. Um, but you know what? And, and we said it last week, Cardell Jones had to play perfect from here on out. And, uh, you know, Cardell Jones had a game. He, 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 had he a listens, game he listens to the show. He, he clearly does. <laughs> um, but yeah, over a hundred yards, he had a touchdown. He looked much more decisive. He looked much more confident. Uh, and then Easton stick, you know, you walked away, like I said, yeah, he's a rookie and he's not an early round rookie. He's, he's, he's a day two rookie, day three rookie. So, um, I guess the takeaway with me is that quarterback room other than the first two still in question. Um, so rather Easton stick or Cardell Jones, whoever kind of plays us out the last two weeks, I think that's going to be a battle. Yeah, totally agree. And, and yeah, I mean, we still have two weeks to play it since the NFL back in 2017 made the change of not having to make cuts until the final week. So we get those 90 players until the last week go down to 53. Um, we have all that time to, for those guys to get those last snaps, but not necessarily dispelling anything. Easton Stick not saying he did anything good, but, you know, for the reps he got, you know, I don't think he looked bad. It was just kind of like last, it was the, you know, the, the last second reps and and that last throw for the interception was not a good throw but it was kind of like trying to make something out of nothing um i think at that time there were 38 seconds left in the game on the clock so just trying to you know drive the ball down the field for a game winning drive and then tried to do too much but take nothing away from carl jones but he did what he should do with that kind of clean pocket and stick we'll see what he does these next two weeks so um, basically everything you said, I'm agreeing with. I'm just, I'm just saying, take it for what it is. Don't look at the stat sheet. You have to watch the game and see how these players perform in their given situations. And Cardell Jones performed how he should have performed it. Good for him. And Easton Stick performed, you know, probably same how he should have performed given the situation. So we'll see what they do moving forward. Sure, sure. I just, uh, I don't know. I mean, Easton. No, he didn't have good protection. The line was trash yet again. Um, I don't know. I did. I, I think because we were, I, I came off of such a high on him last week, I expected more, you know, I expected him to build on that momentum, come in with, you know, a little bit more confidence and, and kind of, you know, really play with ease and kind of, you know, but he didn't, he, he, he looked rattled to me. He looked, um, 
and the the interception was not good. It it, was, it wasn't. It was not only thrown uh-huh. thrown behind. It wasn't. Yeah, it was thrown behind the receiver is just a it's yeah. just a bad throw. Yeah. So, I I I it just I think they're back to even now, which is weird to say because Carl Jones has been so bad. <laughs> um, and he, he has one performance, and everybody's like, "Oh, well, all right, well, here we go. Car- it's Cardell's job, you know." And I don't want to be that guy where it's like I forget everything Cardell Jones leading le- leading up to this. But I, yeah, I'll take my hat off to him because his back was against the wall, his uh, seat was hotter than it's ever been, and he the guy balled out. Um, I mean, he looked better than Tyrod Taylor in my opinion. Uh, Tyrod, but and everybody's playing with the same line, um, so. I think Easton stick that's a situation where if Easton doesn't perform, I'm I'm really curious to see what they do with him because if they want him on the practice squad, he's not clearing waivers. Someone's taking this kid. Yeah. Um, Well, and especially not to cut you off, but especially seeing what Taysom Hill did for New Orleans on the other side of the ball, you know, going for 170 something yards and a touchdown pass and, and rushing yards. And, and Easton stick has a very similar athletic build where I'm not saying the chargers want this, but some other GM out there, like, why don't we just use Easton stick like Taysom Hill? So mm-hmm. the chargers obviously want, yeah, he's not clearing waivers. So he, they either are having him on the active roster or he's joining another team as an option at quarterback or as a Taysom Hill type player. Yeah, and I, 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 I still think Cardell Jones loses this job. I don't think Cardell Jones is a Charger. This is a great performance by him. Um, probably a really good audition for another team. Totally. But at this point, we know who one and two are. Uh, so why not? Why not give that third spot to the young rookie who has shown really good flashes, who's had a solid camp, uh, and and we've seen way more negatives from Cardell Jones than we have positives. So good for Cardell, but. Given the situation, I, I, I still think Easton Stick is retained and Cardell's let go at some point. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. Like, they got to invest in the the kid that they drafted, they think might be the future, and Cardell was a you know an add-on two years ago and mm-hmm. hasn't done much. So, Right. Um, but, yeah, good performance by him. And, and like you said, maybe it's an audition for a team that, like Philadelphia, who just lured Josh McCown out of retirement, retirement to become a backup, <laughs> you know. Those are the teams out there that need backups, so uh, he may be able to yeah. use this performance. And um, so, do you think before we move on, no matter what Stick does the rest of these two games, if he's awful, awful, do you think he is still the third? I mean, there's no way they just cut bay with him, right? No, I mean, I, if as long as he doesn't go out there and just completely crap down his leg. You know, I mean, he's going to – he's a rookie. He's going to do rookie things. We saw it in this yeah. last game. He'll do rookie things. and But that's what you get with a rookie quarterback, especially one that came uh, from a smaller school like that. Yeah. But In the fifth round. Yeah, it's exactly. In the fifth round. He's not a first-round guy. He's And he's not coming in to even be your primary backup. This is a developmental guy. He's a, he's a project. Um, so, yeah, I don't think you, you give up on a project guy like that after camp preseason. Yeah, no, I agree. You're going to keep him. So unless he's just completely and utterly horrible, Easton Stick's going to be around. Yeah, which, we, I mean, two games in, we haven't seen that. Yeah, we've seen rookie mistakes, but he's not. Yeah. No, seen, he's not been awful. No, I mean, we've seen things, especially when we were at camp, where we're like, okay, this is the guy we we scouted and we watched film on, and like, yeah, this is this is what we see. I do like, 
and, and again, I don't want to sound like I'm just like trying to toot this guy's horn, but I do like the shots that they give him, or at least the plays they call. Like their first play in the game, he throws a 50 yard pass and just barely misses it. Um, so I like the deep shots they're taking and, and mm-hmm. you know, the play calling and not just doing these dink and dumps and, and little play action rollouts where he just like throws an easy, soft seven yard out. So it's fun to see them at least, all right, let's see what they, we have in this kid. So they're really trying to see the, the arm talent and, you know, stuff that wasn't necessarily credited to him, um, mm-hmm. seeing if they can expose that and, and show off what he really has. So, Yeah, and having said all that, he still had some nice throws. There was a couple of throws I remember that was like, that's that's a tough throw to make, and he just did it. So there there are so yeah, and I'm gonna say it, pun intended. He's gonna stick around. Ooh, pun intended. <laughs> He's all right. Stick on, stick on. So before we move on, I mean, I mean, we can get under the defense. I mean, a lot of guys, but we got to talk about the running backs. Yeah, and I thought I I saw some good things from him. I mean, Justin Jackson looked pretty good. Austin Eckler look good. Again, they're not showing us a lot. It's preseason. Obviously, Melvin Gordon, probably the better back, but I don't want to stand it too long because I feel like we're beating a dead horse, but I think the Chargers will be in a decent place with these two guys as their starters moving forward. No, I think so. And I think Justin Jackson, uh, we talked about earlier with every down back, so I think Justin Jackson is an every down back. I think this kid has a lot of potential. I've liked him since day one. I've, I've said this time and time again. I'm a Jackson guy. Um, so I do like the kid, and I think if he, the more reps he gets, I think the better he's going to get. The, the, he's, the game's going to slow down for him. He's a smart kid. He, he has a, a lot of playing experience in college. He, you know, he was the, the, the guy at Northwestern for a long time. Um, so I think he's one of those guys that over time, the more the more shots he gets, the better he's going to look with every rip. And uh, I, you know, he looked better this week than he did last week. He got more carries this week, and um, so yeah, I I like Justin Jackson. I think I'm I'm excited for his future in in LA. Do you think uh, Melvin Gordon's there week one? The way it's sounding and everything, like the 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 news coming out of the front office, it doesn't sound like they're even close, man. Yeah. Um, so no, I I. I would be surprised at this point in the game, two weeks away from regular season, I would be surprised if Melvin Gordon is. And uh, so, yeah, no, I don't think he's there. Yeah, from what I've been hearing, I've been, I'd be surprised if Gordon's even playing on week one. I'm not saying just in a Chargers uniform, just play. Oh, him, yeah, oh, him, yeah. It, yeah. Him and Zeke might be hanging out on a beach somewhere and, and just, you know, drinking mimosas and doing whatever – freaking workout they want to be doing but i don't know if they're playing the nfl on week one yeah yeah and that's a pretty good transition to uh some 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 not good news definitely not good news someone who's definitely not going to be there on week one derwin james yeah um highly unfortunate highly very disappointing with his injury that he's going to be out. I think they said three months after, you know, that's, that's going to be the, the rehab time with his surgery. And so if anything, uh, you know, a regular season IR guy who, who might come back for a late playoff push if the charters are there. Um, so very disappointing for Derwin James and, you know, one of the best young and upcoming up and comers in the league. One of the, already one of the best at his position won't be there in 2019. Um, if at all in the playoffs, but a good takeaway from that is, uh, something that we've preached all camp and all preseason is the depth of the secondary. And, uh, I think 
they have enough guys that can rally around uh, that that it won't fall off too much. I mean, obviously, it's, it's you're missing you know an all pro safety. It's gonna be different, um, but I don't think it's gonna hurt as much as people are anticipating. Yeah, I mean. You know, it, it's sad that an organization like the Chargers that it just always there hit with the injury bug. Always, yeah, a, it's a big time player every year. It's insane, big time every year. I mean, Keenan Allen got hurt. I mean, he, it's not serious. Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, Justin, or Justin Jackson, Derwin James. Every year, one of their core guys is lost for the season. Yeah, uh, Joey Bosa. But I mean, even Joey. like right now, Keenan Allen got hurt. Not nothing serious, oh, obviously. Right. Yeah. But I mean, he was like a. A, a minor injury but it's just like other than philip rivers it's always someone melvin gordon every year has a little it's something knickknack and so yeah obviously pray for a speedy recovery for derwin james and i think he'll be you know it, it's a not a obviously it's three months but it's not a serious injury it's a, a minor you know bone fracture in the foot so it's nothing you know career threatening or anything like that so obviously no, 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 um, he'll yeah. be back and, and i'm sure better than ever but um, as you mentioned, the depth, I think that's what the Chargers and their organization has been um, kind of prided on these last three years, almost like they know there's going to be an injury. So they just built this roster that is just next man up, next man up. And so we see these guys, especially the safety position, that are very, very capable. Um, Adrian Phillips is going to kind of step into that role. What's kind of exciting is a guy that we talk about on this podcast, L.A. football, Adrian, um, Adrian Pickett, is now you know second string. Second string walk on at a UCLA tackling machine, um, and he is now second string at the safety position. Um, obviously, Nas- Nasir Adderley will will be second string, but he's been nicked up all training camp as well. So, so they're kind of holding him back, um, just kind of, um, you know, easing him into this because he hasn't really played a lot of training camps. So they don't want to thrust him into the position that he's not ready for. So, um, he'll eventually go into that starting role, I'm sure. Um, once he's healthy enough, but Adrian Phillips, Rayshon Jenkins are the two guys. Desmond King can obviously play both positions. Um, his natural spots, corner, nickel corner, um, but he can definitely fill into that safety role. But it's kind of cool seeing a Darius Pickett as that that backup who is a walk on, and we talked about it. UCLA is just just a guy, and we hoped he landed somewhere, and now here he is, a backup on the depth chart. Yeah, um, just speaks volumes to the guy he is. Um, so good, good for Pickett. I know you you've been a big fan of his since we've watched him at UCLA. Um, yeah, one of the guys now, man. I mean, with James James down, Pickett's gonna be relied on to step into that role. You mentioned King, but they, you know, Adrian failed. You know, an All Pro, you lose an All Pro safety, and then you replace him with an All Pro safety. Now, granted, mm-hmm. Adrian Phillips was an All Pro as, as a special teamer, but an All Pro nonetheless. Um, Very and true. Then, you know, Rayshon Jenkins and Jalen Watkins and. Uh, yeah, that they just—they're gonna have a lot of guys rallying around this, so I think they're gonna be okay. And uh, you know, let's see, let's see what a, a Darius Pickett can do. Let's let's see what he brings to the table. Yeah, and it, ex- exactly. If anything, he's surrounded by all pros, so he's only gonna get better. And and uh, given the opportunity, and and we'll probably see him more in special teams. But I think it's just—it's fun to see a guy like that who undrafted walked on, and now here he is, second on the depth chart on a starting NFL roster. It's kind of cool to see. So hats Very off, to, cool, hats yeah. off to the kid. Yeah, no, very, very happy for him. Yeah, so, well, I, you know, I think last thing I want to say on the Chargers, and then we'll get into a, uh, we haven't done a top five in a while, so if anyone's still listening to us, thank you. Um, <laughs> we're going to get to a top five. 
it's going to be our favorite football movies of all time, so stay tuned for that. But last thing I want to say, um, Artavis Scott. Artavis Scott. There you go. Uh, okay, yeah, I, I should have known because I'm surprised you haven't brought him up yeah. yet. Yeah, leading reception leader. He looked good out there, I think, you know? Yeah, I mean, he was tied. He had more yards. Yeah, leading reception leader. <laughs> That's all I said. I, I know. I'm just, I'm just giving you a hard time. I know you like. <laughs> I know you love some Artavis Scott. So I, I, I knew that he was going to be. And no, he did. He had a, he showed out. He had a good game. Yeah, yeah. No, he looked good. You know, I mean, everything we've been preaching. You know, yards after the catch. So, yeah, that's all I want to say. Just a young kid that uh, I think uh, <laughs> someone to be excited about in the receiving core. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And I I think we're doing a disservice to our listeners if we don't mention uh, Tremaine Pope, who had a great punt return right at the end of halftime. And uh, th- that kid, yes. uh, you know, another another potential special team uh, stud. So hats off to Pope, hats off to Scott, hats off to some of these younger guys that have that have stepped up and really kind of performed well for the Chargers moving forward. Yes, no, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. It was a great punt return, and – um, you know, it'll be curious to see if he takes over those, if he's able to take over those return role from uh, Desmond King or not. Now that King is kind of like a star. Right. Yeah. Well, they've been working out um, Pope and then your boy Artavis Scott. I mean, they've been trying to get him up as a punt returner. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, right now, I mean, with the way Pope ran and the way he looked, I think, you know, I think you're, we're going to see him get a little bit more time and more uh, opportunity back there but yeah i think i think their special team room is is in good hands i think they have some guys to choose from yeah no definitely so all right well as we mentioned with the rams their point of emphasis is the penalties what do you think the chargers point of emphasis is going into week three uh playing a full game man um and it's hard to do when you're subbing people in and out each quarter obviously you know it's hard to have that continuity but um you know 17 points in the second quarter and that's all you did you had one great quarter um you know i think you go into this week preaching to to your guys it doesn't matter who's in there we have to keep the same tempo and we have to play four quarters of charger good charger football um so 17 points in one quarter is great but we can't have three scoreless quarters to go along with it you know Mm -hmm. um clearly you know at, at the end of the day they walked away losers um so I think to me that's the biggest focal point is it's playing a full game, no matter who's in there, uh, playing you know high level, high tempo, Charger football. Hit the nail on the head. <laughs> I do what I can. Yeah. I try. Put the nail on the head. Yeah, no, that sounds good. So, all right. Well, that's what we had to look forward to in week three of preseason. So, but now let's get into a. Um, we haven't done a top five in a while. You down for we a have, top five? I'm. Always down for a top five. Always down for a top five. So we're going to do our top five. I can't believe we haven't done this yet. Top five favorite football movies of all time. I can't believe it's not butter. Sorry. I had to. Yeah, I set you up as a layup. You did. Layup. So, um, what are you, tell everyone what you're drinking right now. Wine. I'm yeah. Drinking wine. You're. Why slu- do I need to share that with the world? You're slugging <laughs> wine out of a bottle is what you're doing. Well, they didn't know that until you brought it up. Thanks for calling me out. I'm not calling you out. I'm just <laughs> emphasizing the style of wine you're drinking. You know, most people yeah, like most people I, like I wine and like a nice a nice large glass so can breathe. And and the coach over here is just just slugging down this <laughs> whatever a bottle of wine is, eighteen ounces, just no straw, yeah. no nothing, just to the dome. Uh, 
No, yeah, I mean, why, you know, cut out the middleman. Why, why dirty a dish? Why not? Okay, I'm not, I don't have a problem with it. I'm just right? saying. I mean, I'm sitting in the coach's lounge, you know, I'm, I'm chilling yeah. here in Orange County, long day of football. I'm just, you know, I, I've been listening to a lot of Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra. So, you know, there they're, you, you know, old Dino the wino. So I've, I've got wine on my mind. All right, I've, I've kind of gotten in that groove lately. Fair enough. Well, anyway, all right, well. We're going to get into our top five favorite football movies of all time. This Dude, this is going to be a tough list to break down. Difficult. Yeah, it, it, I want to say me it was anyway. hard, but it, it, really, it really wasn't. Because for me, it's, it's my top five, and, I, and then I feel like it's just kind of everybody else. Wow. There's okay, a lot so of good ones out there, but I, I think my, my top five, Okay. I, I think these are the ones that I would go with every day of the week. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, for me, it was tough, but hey, my the coach knows. I'm gonna let you start. We'll just go. Uh, let's not snake it. Let's go back and forth. Um, okay. If we have a repeat, we have a repeat. Just give an alternate. So you can say, you know, fifth, and then I'll say my fifth, uh, fourth. If my fourth is Sam, I'll say, oh, this is my fourth, and I'll I'll give a little alternate. So we'll just go. We'll sure. go like that. Sound good? Sounds fantastic. Okay. I I know my number one. My number one's a given. Okay. Just so you know. We probably have the same one. I, I feel like we don't, actually. Oh, okay. I'm going to say okay. we don't. All right. All right. Go ahead. You're fifth. Right, number, number five, The Program. The Program? Yeah. Have you ever seen it? I've never heard of it. You've never heard of The Program? The Program. Yeah, The Program. It is a great movie. Early 90s movie. So, like, the, you know, it's, it, it, you I'm can embarrassed tell, like, right the now. production value is not that great. Uh, but it follows this fictional um college football program for one season uh i can't exactly remember the the name of the school it's like eastern eastern something uh esu is their their initials i can't remember what the s is um but they have a quarterback okay who is who's a heisman favorite he's he's you know preseason heisman finalist and um and you know to the world he's kind of this He's he's a Heisman quarterback leading this program, and uh, James Can. I'm sure you know who he is. Um, sure he do. plays the coach. He's the head coach, um, and they. So there's a lot of storylines to this, but it. it oh, Halle Berry. Like, Halle Berry's in this. Halle film. Berry's in it. Yeah, she plays like a this tutor student who dates a football player who falls for another football player. Um, but uh, Omar Epps. They, this is a great cast. Oh, for sure, it's a great movie, man. How have and I never so, even heard of this? I don't know. You need to you need to figure it out. Um, but anyway, so it's such a good pr- uh, good story because it's, it's it not good, only it's a good program. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> it's a great film because it not only you know follows football storylines and what what it's like to be a part of a you know a, a highly successful football program and just a football program in general, <laughs> but it, but it also follows the lives and 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 stuff of of these football players behind the scenes and not what everybody gets to see on Saturdays and, and Sundays and Fridays. So, um, you know, you have this highly touted freshman who Omar Epps plays. He's this five star recruit running back who comes in, um, and there's a there's a senior who has the starting tailback role. But mm-hmm. they moved the senior to fullback to make room for this for Omar Epps, who's this you know freshman stud, and because they want to give him the ball and give him time. Um, so there's this dynamic of the uh, the senior who 
purposely i'm not going to give stuff away what am i doing what am i doing here i'm, I'm spoiling i want you to watch the movie and then i want and then we can talk about it. but anyway it's a great movie the program number five for me i'm i'm, I'm windy I, I need i need to i need to be cut off okay all right you're cut off um yeah i've never even freaking heard of that but no it looks good i mean great cast um you can watch it on tubi never even heard of it t-u-b-i for free or voodoo for free food yeah, i've never heard of tubi yeah i've heard of voodoo I've never heard of Tubi, but, you know, so you can watch it on those two. You can watch it on Amazon Prime, YouTube Video, iTunes, Google Play, all those stuff. So, all right, I might have to check that out. So, the program, I like that. My number five, I'm going to go with a classic, Little Giants. Do you consider that a football movie? Well, of course it's a football movie. Um, you have to, right? Yeah, of course. I love the Little Giants, man. I mean, when the guy has the freaking little snot... The snot booger, the, just the bubble, and there's the, the passion behind, between the Giants and the Cowboys, that they have that rivalry still. I'm going to tell you something. Yeah. This is a common theme when we do top five movie lists. Okay. I've never seen it. You've never seen The Little Giants? Nope. And it's funny because uh, we were, so we had our football scrimmage on Friday, and us as a coaching staff went out afterward and just kind of, you know, digress and, you know, dissect everything and mm. and this came up this exact situation came up little giants came up and i shared with my coaching staff that i've never seen it and they all had the exact same reaction oh, you just my. did so but yeah no i've never seen it but i'm i'm, I'm eager to hear you talk about it you, you've never seen the program so don't even don't even start i think the program is a little more accepted to not have seen than little giants i, I highly disagree with that at least i've heard of little giants exactly Exactly. Heard, that, you need to run in a better circle. That's what I'm saying. No, you've I, never even it, heard of the program. You're, so, you're doing something wrong. So me being a movie guy have never heard of the program. Not saying it's not a great film. And obviously you, you listed the cast. James Cann, Haley Beller. Yeah, I'm embarrassed. I haven't seen it. <laughs> but Little Giants is like an institution among American folklore. And you've never seen that? Hey, you can be a movie guy. I'll be a football guy. How's that? Oh, wow. You just just take a shot at me like that. Wow. Oh, yeah, that was definitely shots fired. (laughs) Touche. I mean, I can't fight you on it. Well, anyway, Little Giants, great film shot in, you know, Midtown America where they have the football is everything. Peewee football is big. You know, the dads play peewee football. They grew up, don't amount to anything, and yet they hold on to their their legacy and you know when they played football when they were 12 years old for some reason and so it goes into that and then they become coaches and yeah it's just such a it's just such a fun it, it's a great movie it's a fun movie I so. do, I, and i know the cast is great rick moranis ed o'neill i guess those are the only two i know i don't know who else is in it but and that's all you um, know is it and i and I, I i want your opinion bug e bug from from what i've heard is it similar to kicking and screaming? Like, is it kind of along the same lines? Okay. Have you seen kicking and screaming? Yeah. You've seen that one. I've seen kicking and screaming. Yeah, yeah where like a bunch of these. Yeah, yeah. Did you enjoy rag- it? You know, ragabond, ragabond soccer guys get formed, and it's like they're not supposed to be good because they're everybody's castaways. Did you enjoy somehow... kicking and screaming? Eh. I mean, from a from a in like. Sit down, enjoyment perspective, not overanalyzing perspective. I mean, it was okay. Like, if it was on the Saturday afternoon TV, I wouldn't change the channel immediately. But, I mean, 
it's not even probably one of my top five Will Ferrell movies. So I wouldn't say I thoroughly enjoyed Kicking and Screaming. Well, I mean, it's hard to throw it Will Ferrell to the mix. We're just talking like rant. Anyway, yes, Little Giants was like the original Kicking and Screaming. That's what like okay. started that like style of movie. Gotcha. Little Giants okay. came out like 15 years before Kicking and Screaming. So it was that like beginning of like child sports. There was The Big Green. Do you ever see The Big Green? Great movie also. Uh, I remember it. I, I probably have seen it, but I was so young. I don't remember yeah. the, the, I, the, yeah, the kid, the redheaded curly kid is in it. Yeah. I mean, he's all Sandlot. Like it's all those like little giants, mm-hmm. Sandlot, big green. They all like kind of created this genre of like these young kids movies, but I'm going to hold little giants on to me for one of my favorite football movies because I don't know. It's my childhood and I love it. And it is centered around football. So anyway, I no, digress. I, I com- no, I, but I completely understand where you're coming from because I get that reaction. I just got that reaction from a whole room of football coaches. So, I I do. I think I think I, it's a staple according to everybody else. I've just I've just never seen it. Yeah. Well, maybe you should watch it. Maybe I should. Yeah. You know what? Maybe I maybe you should go watch watch the program. I'm planning on it tonight. I'm already Good. looking up where to watch it at. <laughs> Anytime you give me a movie title to watch, I watch it. You never have except for How I Met Your Mother. You finally jumped on that bandwagon. What? You loved it. Did you not? I, I, of course I did. I'd love, I love How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, there you go. Anything I recommend. All right, you're number four. Let's, let's move on. All right, my number four. I know. Anybody still listening, hats off to you. Yeah. Um, number four, it's a, this is a classic. Uh, probably should be higher. It's not, but Rudy. Mm, yep. That would be my number four. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing really needs to be said. Just... No. What What can you say about Rudy that hadn't already been said? Yeah. Classic. Um... It, for, when I, so the first time I saw Rudy, um, I was very young. I was probably like six or seven, um, and I got on such a big Notre Dame kick. Like I got bedspreads of Notre Dame. I would buy Notre Dame football ornaments. Christmas like I was such a Notre Dame fan for like three years after that and then you know I was I grew up and I realized there are teams closer to me that I can like so there you go so when I when I played football in high school I had a uh I can't remember his name but I had a coach that would call me Rudy I thought this is you know this is back in high school whatever it was 15 years ago now um, I thought it was just because you know my name was Ryan my last name was Dirude so I was like oh I combined him Rudy okay okay and I was I was small. I was you know worked my ass off. I just competed, but I was never like the most talented. I just you know worked my butt off to try to be in the field. So I was like, all right, cool. Sure. Like he's calling that. And then c- come to be, he's calling me because I'm like resembling this same exact char- that character that I just explained in this movie. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that'd have been good to know that you're just comparing me to a player that never freaking plays a down except for the last game of his entire <laughs> career. Thank you for now, that. Cu- now, come on. That's one of the most inspirational, not only movie characters, but real-life people in the world. To me, I would take that as a huge compliment. Yeah, I don't know. I do now. I, I would. At the I time, would. At, the, at the time when I'm running freaking sprints in 40s and, and working my ass off more than the starters, I didn't see much of it as a compliment because I'm like, I'm working harder than these guys. Just put me in the <laughs> damn game. I get it. The outlook on life broadens as you get older. So, yeah, it'd be hard for a 16, 17-year-old kid to, to really – yeah, I get it. Yeah, I get it. And at the time, I hadn't seen the I hadn't seen the film at the time, so I was just like, "My name is Ryan." <laughs> <laughs> Can't 
Yeah, to you, it's like coach doesn't even know my name. Yeah, I'm, yeah, exactly. <laughs> to play for this guy. Yeah, I'm like, come on, come on. just put me in the damn game. I'm working my ass off. All right, uh, so my fourth. Um, you know, this is probably an unpopular opinion. Okay. Oh man, I got. I gotta... There's two I'm debating between. Varsity Blues. I got to go with Varsity Blues. I can't be mad at that. That's a decent movie. I like that movie. Great movie. Great movie. Yeah. Where the debate comes in, is it a good football movie? Which this list is. This list is top five football movies of all time. But I think why I love it is because it, it, you know, embodies what high school football, at least in middle America, is. I mean, it's yeah. that it's the folklore, it's the stories, it's the popularity, it's the homecoming, it's it's everything that youth movies make it out to be, but then that kind of happens in middle America, at least in high schools, um, and so I, 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 and it's just fun, it's just a fun movie, and you know, Paul Walker, rest in peace, and, and yeah. uh a lot great of cast. Great, great cast. Great cast. Yeah, a lot of guys in there that were like kind of getting their start. And James Vanderbeek. How many times can we say James Vanderbeek on this show? Oh, I think we could. I'll I say, think we need to work it on at least once every episode. I'm going to say it a third time. James Vanderbeek plays a great role in that movie. And yeah. Was so. this was this like right in the thick of Dawson's Creek? Or was it like had, no, had, it, had it just started? Because I mean, late '90s, Dawson's Creek is like a '90s show. I don't remember when Dawson's Creek was. Yeah, I mean, it had to have been. I would assume. Um, it came out in. Let me see here. It was '99. '99, yeah. '99 Dawson's okay. Creek was what '95 to '01 or something like that. Um, let's see. Okay, right here. Uh, Dawson's Creek was '98 to '03. Oh yeah, so, so right yeah. in so prime. Right so, when it started. Yeah, so he was taking between reps on the bench and Varsity Blues. He was doing <laughs> whatever the hell he was doing in Dawson's Creek. <laughs> he, I remember he was big into film. He was a film guy. Uh, all right, he uh, loved making films. I, I, never, I, remember, right? I never really watched Dawson's Creek. I apologize. I, I'm a big Dawson's Creek guy. I like Dawson's Creek. Yeah, so you've never seen Little Giants, but you've seen Dawson's Creek. Don't, uh, don't, don't. That's, don't bring up old it's shit. It's out there. It's out there. Come on. Dawson's Creek. They're... All right. Number three on your list. <laughs> we'll just move on. Man, this is fun. I'm enjoying this. Yeah. Number um, three. Number three, Friday list. night Friday Night Lights. Yep. It's yep. got to be on everyone's list. Uh, it's it not on my top we five, which school. is crazy. but Not in your top five. That is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Friday Night Lights came out when we were in high school. And, you know, it was one of those movies that just kind of got you going and uh, I remember we watched it a couple times pregame, like or, or the night before a game or something, kind of just kind of get our minds right and and stuff like that. And I remember it was based on a book, and I still haven't read the book. I want to read it. I just never have. Um, and then the uh, uh, Permian, the high school that is the movie and the book is, is based on, um, the quarterback for my college team was a was a Permian Panther. That's where he graduated from. So, you know, we're in the same mm-hmm. class. So we came in uh, to Northwest together. He, he lived on my floor. We, we kind of became chums for, you know, a couple of years there. We, and then we went our separate ways, but um, yeah, he ended up leading us to, uh, um, if I remember right, ah, boy, now I'm, now I'm starting to second guess myself, but I feel like he was a starting quarterback for our 20, 
2013 national championship team um, in college. But I, you know, it whatever. I'm I'm anyway. just I'm just so happy you called him your chum. <laughs> Throughout that, that's what you take away, right? Yeah, I've I've never I probably said chum twice in my life. Well, this, I caught it and I love that you said it. Did you guys like <laughs> drive around in your jalopy and just like hang out? Yeah, that's exactly what we did. <laughs> God, go. Anyway, no. Uh, Friday Night Lights, great movie, great story, uh, based on true events. And yeah, I, I have a happen to be chums with uh, um, one of the. I think he's actually statistically one of the best quarterbacks ever come out of Permian. Um, and I can't even remember his name right now, which is shame on me. But anyway, that's a, that's a fun Night fact, Lights, though. Huh? I said that's a fun fact. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, Friday Night Lights is my number three. Yeah. No. You know, great movie. Everybody that plays football, especially at the high school level, their coaches show this movie. I remember watching it at my Gorilla Mountain. You know, up in the mountains, our our uh, away camp that was just absolute hell, and they show you this movie to try to inspire you. And um, I think that's probably why it's not on my list, just because the memories I have of this movie is being at a camp that just was absolutely just draining and just destroyed my body and i hated everything about it other than obviously the camaraderie and you know building that friendship and all that but it's like then we watched this movie trying to inspire us and it's like i just did practice for nine hours like the last thing i want to do is be inspired by a movie but but anyway the movie is a very good movie and the only thing that that kind of annoyed me by this movie and it's nothing about the actual movie itself but the fact that you watch this entire movie booby miles all these great players and then it ends with them falling short to um, what Dallas? What what's the Dallas team? Carter? Dallas Carter. And then it goes in the credits, and the very on the credits it says Permian wins national title or the state title the very next year, and goes Dude, this is, and this goes is undefeated. The third time we've had this conversation. Yeah, but not on the air. I don't think. Third time on the air. Yes. On the air. Third time on the air. <laughs> Why are we talking about Friday Night Lights so much on the air then? I t- that's what I'm saying. I, I anyway, I don't know. But well, I don't understand why they don't make a movie about that team. Then I don't know. Because that's not when the author was there. It's a, it's based on a book, and he followed '88, and it just sucks for him that the season after he was there, they won state. I mean, movies take liberties <laughs> all the time, and they change stories all the time. I'm just saying that's that's why. I'm I'm answering your question. I'm answering your question. That's why. Well, thank you, Coach, for answering my question. So there You're you go. Well, someone's got to do for, it. For the third time, apparently. <laughs> All right. So what am I? Am I on my third or second movie? You're on your third. On my third. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with The Express. Oh, Ernie okay. Da- Ernie Davis's story. Yeah. I feel like this is a lesser-known movie that not a lot of people have seen, but it's about the story of Ernie Davis when he played at Syracuse University. He was plotted right in between Jim Brown and Floyd Little and was kind of renowned as potentially the greatest back ever to come out of Syracuse, which is obnoxious and crazy to think about considering he came right after Jim Brown, who is arguably the greatest running back of all time. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately was, well, not, well, I'll get to unfortunate in a second, but was drafted then by the Browns. So the backfield of the Browns was going to be Jim Brown and the Ernie Davis, which uh, if we could have seen that backfield, art, art in football form, 
art in narrative form, art in words, art in music. You know, you talk about these um, musicians on stage seeing certain guys collaborate, and that's for a football fan and a football journalist, that would have been our art, seeing Ernie Davis and Jim Brown in the same backfield. And unfortunately, Ernie Davis was diagnosed uh, with cancer and succumbed to that cancer and passed away. So the movie, though, is about his days on campus at Syracuse. And, you know, Dan Quaid is, um, Dennis Quaid, excuse me, is the coach of the team. And kind of just obviously all the racism that goes on and just what he went through in the trials and tribulations and, and just shows the amazing player that he was, the amazing running back he was, and, and the talent that he had and the talent that he displayed at Syracuse and the, what would have been in the NFL. So great movie. Doesn't get the respect it deserves. So if you haven't seen it, The Express, look it up. Go check it out. It's a great film. That is a that's a good movie. Yeah, I can't argue with that at all. Um, here here's here's a question. I know we're digressing. We're probably gonna have a two hour show. Whatever, we can split it into two. I don't care. I want I want to talk football. It's, I'm in the mood. It's been a while since we've had a long show, so we can do that. Yeah, for sure. We've been but here's my short. question to you: talking about you know art art form and art doesn't really get compared to football a lot, but mm-hmm. I think football at its best is an art form. I agree 100. percent But uh, I'm sure you know my answer, but I want to hear your opinion. What's what's better to you? And I know running back, you know, running plays, whatever, they kind of get, you know, thrown in like running backs are replaceable, whatever. What's better? What do you like seeing, seeing more? A perfectly executed running play or a perfectly executed passing play? For art form? Just what, what would you rather see? As a, okay, as a fan – Strictly a fan, a paying fan, a passing play. Because usually there's a more yardage. Sure. If we're if we're going just straight a football analyst, a coach, or an artist, running play, hundred percent, because you truly see the game unfold when you see a true running yeah. play. You see the, the line and cohesion doing exactly what they're supposed to do opening up the holes. You see the running back and the quarterback in cohesion handing the ball off. There's no there's no miscommunication whatsoever. It's got to be in perfect communication. You see the running back doing exactly what he needs to do, and then you see the athleticness of the running back carrying out the play, you know, breaking the hole, doing this, and then doing his own uh, improv after going through the hole. So 100% running play. Passing plays are fun. It's not art. It's, it's fun. Running plays are the artistic style and that's what the nfl was founded on was running plays i like it yeah 100 percent, totally agree yeah that was my i was trying to sound like ralph waldo emerson as i i like it talked about those plays <laughs> and, and displayed how they should be run <laughs> well done sir as i lulled well everyone done. to sleep <laughs> right yeah well, i mean what do you think I, I already know the answer but you can oh, no no 100 agree with you completely i just think so much more goes into a running play um you know, you're, everybody has to do 100% their job accurately for it to actually pay off. And it just takes, yeah, it's, I guess, I agree. Running play, 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it, it takes the entire 11 guys on offense to pull off a running play, I think. Or at least, you know, if we're being truly honest. It, ta- it, it takes at least five 
or well, I mean, I mean, it no, takes we, at least we, seven guys we, in the box to do the job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if we're being honest. Seven to eight. You're gonna have the yeah. two. You're gonna have the two receivers dicking off or on the. Fullback. You have the two receivers dicking off on the outside, but in reality, you you need the, you know, eight guys up former, front. Former receiver saying that. I mean, I didn't. I worked my I ass off, not. but you know, I know. I either, hope not. You I guys are the difference between first downs and touchdowns. I, I preach that to every single team I've coached. That's right. Receivers are the difference between yeah. first downs and touchdowns. Yeah, you know, give me whatever helmet you want. I'll wear it. I'll get in the end zone. I don't care. There you go. Yeah, I'll put call, my, it Mike, call it Mike, Mike Mayock. You're available. Yeah, freeze my feet all you want. I'll still run on them. I don't care. <laughs> put them in a crypto box, wherever the hell that thing's called. I'll run. I like it. I like it. All right. All right, my, what are you on? You're on two? My number two, yeah. We number have two. to have a, a duplicate here at some point. I'm, I'm surprised. Kind of, I'm shocked, shocked we haven't. floored that we haven't. Well, I, ha- I have my final two, like, set game match, so... If you have our it, I'm going to repeat our, it. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say our final two are the exact same. They might be flipped, but we have the same two. I, I think so, because the fact that neither one has been said, yeah, I'm pretty yeah. surprised. Yeah. So my number two is Remember the Titans. Okay. Yeah. Remember the Titans. Great movie. Denzel, based on true story yet again, but Denzel Washington. Um, I forget the actor's name, but the the white coach. And then they the, just the <laughs> Yost. The, Yost. Of course, the, the, the coach yells. I don't remember the, the guy's real name, but um, uh, a young Hayden Panettiere was in there, and then uh, you got you know really not, uh, who's the guy in the Notebook? Uh, Gosling. Ryan Gosling was in the movie um, as a minor role, a bit role, a very minor. He he was a, li- a liability at cornerback. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, great movie based on true story. Um, you know, it's tough enough to get you know, 50, 60, 70 young men um, to buy into one thing as a football team. But to do it in a in a period of time where race was such a, a major, you know, mm. pain point to a lot of people. Um, so to get, you know, young high school athletes, not only from two different communities, two different schools that are now coming together, but two different colors of skin that at that point in time uh, was just, you know, so anti the norm um, and to accomplish what they did on the football field. And, you know, it's, it's, it's simply amazing. And it's, uh, it's one of the best films overall that, that I've ever seen, but especially one of the best football films that I've ever seen. So, yeah, 100 percent agreed. Run the Titans is my number one football movie. Um, it's also in my top five just movies of all time. I think the acting is out of this world. Um, Will Patton is the guy that plays Bill Yost. And, uh, you know, Wood Harris is in it, Ryan Hurst. There's just so many unbelievable guys that play in this role and women that really demonstrate you know, an, an American crossroads that that comes to play and, and, and struggles that, unfortunately, this is, you know, back in the, you know, early, what, 70s. And sadly, we still face today as we, we shouldn't, but still do. And it's not to the same extent as in this movie. I mean, we obviously our schools are segregated and stuff like that. But, but it you look back on this movie and you see the craziness that's going on, which is two races trying to play a sport together. And what comes of it. And, and you know, nowadays we have not necessarily that kind of thing, but we still have issues and we still have things to grow upon. 
but you can watch this movie and, and see people come together and people really become one and love each other and appreciate each other and not only perform in the football field and display such an a, immense passion and and glory on the field and and you know they go 13 and 0 and they end up winning the state title and and so that's why I think it's the greatest football movie of all time but then also just show this like brotherhood camaraderie family that me and you coach preach all the time on the show just what football is like it's it's a family no matter what what background you come from rich poor white black brown whatever whatever you come from you know when you're on the football field your family doesn't matter what you look like what you do how you run whatever you do like i got your back you got my back you know cover my side strong side left side whatever it is and and this movie really kind of put that on display and it, it gave the audience a understanding of you know what okay this game doesn't only it's not only fun to watch but it means something and it means something to these families and these people and our families and our people and and what we do so so to me it holds such regards just in my heart and and what i feel and so that to me is the number one football movie of all time and and top five movies of all time for me yeah no 100 percent. you're you're exactly right i mean I don't necessarily 100% agree just because obviously I don't have it number one on my list. But, I mean, in all reality, it's probably 1A, 1B. I mean, Remember the Titans is everything you just said. I don't I don't need to say it again. It was what you said was beautiful. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, Remember the Titans, one of the greatest of all time. There you go. So, so my number two. I guarantee it's my number one. So I'll think? let you start it. Do you think – is it? Yeah, a hundred percent. If All it's right. not, I'm gonna be shocked. Okay. Draft day. Yes, of course. All right, we're on the same page. Draft day. Kevin Costner, um, you know, uh Jennifer Garner. Thank you. I'm drawing a blank for a second. Um I love draft I, I think what I love draft day is that we love the draft so much. Me and you, especially here at Sports Al Dente, we covered the draft. And so that movie just gives such an inside look of what the draft is. Just the day of the draft. Um, Sonny Weaver Jr. wakes up. You know, what he has to deal with with other GMs. What he has to deal with his owner. What he, what he has to deal with with players that he's potentially drafting. What he has to deal with with players that are on his team that are upset by players that he might be drafting. It just gives such an inside look of what he's doing. And so... As a fan, there's nothing more than you want than an inside look on your team. And I think that movie just perfectly displays that and just puts it on full display. It gives it an enjoyable vibe. I watch it, you know, when draft draft day is usually on Thursday. I start watching it the Thursday before, and I watch it every single night before the week of. I, I absolutely freaking love that movie. Yeah, yeah. My favorite movie, or not my favorite movie, my favorite football movie of all time just the amount because yes we are such draft nerds um to have a movie that literally the 24 hours and of of actual draft day just the amount of time the amount of work the amount of action that can happen in that one day is just and, and, the, and the levels of it and you have all these different points of views you have what the coach thinks is best you have what the GM thinks is best you have what the owner thinks is best um and those are three guys with the same organization you know think about and those are three very different 
viewpoints and, and, uh, and opinions. So, and just think about how many, you got 32 teams across the league and, and how they view things and, and, but you're all scouting the same guys and it's, it's, it's the amount of work that goes into scouting one player that can be the future of your franchise or the demise of your career. It's just, it's unbelievable. And I love the way that they put this on film and it just, I love the movie. Absolutely love it. Yeah. And the, just the style of filming is really cool too. How they, they go from like stadium to stadium and show front office to front office and yeah. they involve random teams in there and, and throw in GMs and yeah, it's, it's, it's super hands-on, super cool. And I, you know, I wouldn't be shocked that they they do another film similar to it rather soon because I think I don't know how how well it did box office wise, but I feel like it did very well football fan wise, and I think they sure. recognize that. I would hope, and so they might, you know, find like a Netflix or a streaming service where like you know we can spend less and just we'll just put another film out there that kind of does a similar um, style of of film, uh, you know, cinematography and and filmography. Or do you think in, that was like it? In that sense, I mean, I, the the way they did it, I think was was great. Um, I don't if they were to do something like that with like signing day college football, um, or I don't I don't know what else you could do that with. I, I hope they don't do another thing with draft day because this is perfect. I love. Oh what they yeah, do. I, yeah, they, yeah. They don't need to touch this. Um, but I don't know. Like, what do you have like a, a thing in mind? Like something else they would do? Like you said, they shouldn't touch draft day again because yeah. it was, they just did it so perfectly, and, and especially with the cast and you know Kevin Costner. Yeah. But they, I think they could do, you know, MLB draft day, NHL draft day, NBA draft day. Obviously, it's not the same stupor of the NFL. Um, but I think they could do one if they want to stick with the NFL. They could do free agency. I think would be a lot of fun. You know, because I know with us anyway, we have that same buzz. You know, March thirteenth, right. March thirteenth is free agency when the, when the free agency hits, and and who are these guys going to sign? I think you have that same wake up when they wake up, and okay, what GMs are calling, um, what guys are on the phone, what agents that that would be a film where a lot more agents are involved because you have the agents, you know, negotiating, doing this and that, players mm-hmm. calling back and forth, kind of that ballers feel. So. Yeah, you know, I'm not I'm not a film producer, but that could be an option. Well, not yet, but um, <laughs> no, I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to that. I I think I, with the other leagues drafts, count me out. I mean, I don't watch them as it is. I'm not going to watch a movie about them because it's it's just not going to have the same effect on me. Yeah. Um, and I don't I don't know if that would work because because let's face it, the NFL draft is 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 a beast of all its own. It's it's almost God, I mean, dude, I I don't want to be the first one to say it, but I feel like I'm about to say it. Is it is it as popular as the Super Bowl? It's pretty damn close. I mean, among obviously, you know, your casual fans, all of them are going to watch. You have people not even fans of football watch the Super Bowl. So in terms of like across just fans all around, well, let's say this general fans or whatever. But I think for like you and I. I look forward to draft day almost as much as I look forward to to uh, to the Super Bowl. I might look if, forward to it more. Because, I was going to say, if not more so. I mean, if, if like the Broncos or the Chiefs were in the Super Bowl, it's a different story. Exactly. But exactly. draft day, it's like... Your team's there. Yeah. Your team's there. Um, 
Well, let, let's do it this. So it it might not be bigger than the Super Bowl just because unlike guys like us who are just diehard no matter what and look at it kind of on a team perspective, but people that are just random sports fans, is it bigger than the MLB, you know, the World Series? Is it bigger than NBA playoffs? Is it bigger than the NHL playoffs? It's hard because it's one day versus seven games for those sports. But I think if you you look at the NFL draft on Thursday, how it is constructed right now, it is bigger right now Mm. than game one of any of those series. Game one. Overall, obviously, if we stretch it out, you know, the three days of the draft versus the, what was it, six games in the NBA playoffs, six games in the NHL playoffs, I'm sure the viewers were bigger in those games. But Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard. I mean, for me, I'm so biased because I, I watched every single second of the draft. Yeah. And I don't even know if I watched a complete game of the NBA playoffs. But yeah. that's just me. As a whole, I don't know, man. That's a good, that's, that's a good question. That's yeah. a good question. Well, hey. well, if you're listening to the show, love to hear from you. Tune yeah. in. Uh, check in with us. Uh, the Coach S-A-D is his Twitter. I'll say it for you. That's correct, right? <laughs> that, you tell me. I don't, I, I've said it wrong the past two times. <laughs> I think that's right. Is that right? No, that's right. It's the, it's the Coach S-A-D. The Coach S-A-D or yeah. Ryan Dirud S-A-D. Uh, or you can find us on Flick. Go to Flick, and it's Sports Al Dente, and you can join us. But yeah, I'd love to hear from you. Love to talk L.A. football. But yeah, I'm curious uh, what everyone thinks. If it's uh, the draft is bigger than other national championships for the sports. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say no, just because I think for the general sports fan, I think most people are going to be more likely to watch an NBA championship series than to go watch the draft because the draft is so isolated you know it's like that it's Mm. huge to us yeah huge yeah i just don't think it's on a on on a larger scale i just don't think i think a lot more people care about the nba playoffs we'll we'll do it we'll do a couple polls and see it'll be fun to see yeah i just i'm i just think it's uh it's a lot more niche based for the draft no 100 percent. you're right about that but yeah we'll do a couple polls we'll see um yeah there you go so thank you for listening uh make sure to check out uh the believe podcast sports network and uh check out sports your recipe for la sports um we look forward to talking to you soon coach appreciate you you too my friend all right man we'll talk to you soon believe in la football podcast touchdown Rams. touchdown ucla Covered by the Chargers. The Trojans back in front. With your hosts, the coach and the Don. Part of the Believe Podcast Network. LA's number one sports podcast network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.